Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a par- partially completed commercial high rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, making his triumphant Tully Show return as heard on last podcast on the left, as seen on season four of the Adult Swim series, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, one of the most consistently requested guests to return to the show. Hello, and welcome back, Henry Zabrowski. So good to be here in this partially finished building. Partial is generous. They are. This is an improv building. They are throwing shit together. Yeah. We were down, downstairs. You can smell the, the building materials. It's strange. It, you know what it kind of smells like? What I imagine it smelled like? Huffin? Right after 9-11. Uh... Sad, but I, I I can factually tell you that that is uh, incorrect. Jesus Christ! There was I'm so a, sorry. There was a smell to nine eleven. Oh my God! That was not. Pleasant. Did you lose a lot of people? Me personally, yeah. Um, two high school classmates. Holy shit! I didn't mean to open up. This, no, 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 no. It's this okay. whole hive. Do you know what? I actually am kind of glad that you that you did because I like to have the opportunity to talk about. These guys, they oddly enough, they were two people that I would say out of the four years that I was in high school, that every class has funny people. Yeah. But if there were two people who were the class clown, yeah, it was a guy who was maybe a senior when I was a freshman, and this guy who was one year behind me. Those guys that are just like naturally born, they're comedians. Yeah, I had a moment with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> Henry, <laughs> because um. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and I have one thing in common, and that is a tremendous uh, hook shot. I've seen, I've seen some of the things. Instagram footage. And, and unguardable. And um, he had, uh, I think the principal or something, some uh, person at his high school was the librarian at my high school. Weird. And he was a, I'm sure he was nice in his private life, but he was a, he was a not gentle, not kind man in, his prof- in a professional capacity. I mean, you become a librarian at a high school. I feel like there's a lot of bitterness on that road. really tightly wound. He was like a bad guy in Beavis and Butthead that just got angry at them. He was like that kind of guy. And he was a librarian. So he was just constantly yelling with teenage boys, all boys schools. So he was always yelling. And I mentioned to Kareem, I'm like, you and I have something in common. And Kareem, who's a little reserved, came over and gave me like the Vulcan neck pinch and was like, remember, he'd do this. He'd just grab you like this. <laughs> oh my God. He must be very strong. Yeah. Kareem Abdul Yeah, yeah, for too. sure. Even after all these after all these years and so the thing about this librarian is he had um, a very stern face and he had one ear that kind of stuck out way further than the other one a little bit like chunk from the goonies yeah 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 he had a weird um, a misplaced yeah yeah yeah, inbred ear so this this kid uh paul battaglia just went in the yearbook and just printed out oversized this is before andre the giant has a posse just printed out heads of the librarian and just stuck them all over the school everywhere. And I actually took it as a point of pride that I was one of the suspects. Yeah, the exactly. Dean of, the dean of discipline's like, I know it's you. And I was like, it's not. And he goes, you didn't fart. The guy who did it always farts when I ask him. And you didn't fart. It's not you. But I knew who it was. And it was this guy, Paul, who was among the uh, him and, uh, and, and my friend uh, Greg Trost and a guy who was a dad of kids in my uh, town who was one of my youth basketball coaches. Holy September shit. September 11th, yeah. And wow. there's somebody else I'm not thinking of right now. Wow. I was a waiter 
at the, what was the awful, the floor that just got completely, an entire company died? No shit. You are, you actually worked in the building. Oh, actually, no, no, that's not what I was trying to say, but almost. I applied for a waiter job at the World Trade Center on September 10th. Jesus Christ. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like this place. It wasn't finished yet. It wasn't finished and, yet. And, and, never, oh and it never was. Oh, my God. Well, this is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we started like And this. so then I was a waiter at the Central Park Boathouse, which is where, after they had a memorial service for the company that was, every single person in the company died, the company ceased to exist. Wow. They had a memorial service, and then the, the, the meal afterwards I was a waiter at. Wow. So, yeah, there was a smell, and everybody who was there knows about it, and um, I remember- like a long time afterwards when you wouldn't really smell it anymore because it would like depend on the wind. Yeah. One time me and a friend were driving in uh, under an overpass in Brooklyn and we were in traffic and we got stuck and we're like, oh my God, it still smells like September 11th. Whoa. Yeah. Do you get, you didn't get sick, did you? Okay. I don't want to attach myself to glom onto tragedy, but they do say that tens of thousands of people are going to develop lung issues. Yes. I started, I quit smoking right around, it was unrelated, but I quit smoking right around then and I started jogging and I can remember one time going jogging and I'm downtown, but not all the way downtown. I'm in the village. Yeah. It's, but it's still a small No, that's a, it's very small. It's right next door. I can remember jogging one time and at the end of it really having like a coughing fit and, oh, and, and being aware that I was like, that's what I was. That's my nine eleven cough. That's my yeah, it, 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 which is not. It's is easy to no. You a, weren't like morbid things to that, but it may be more of like an asbestosy kind of thing. You weren't up to your hairline in the actual rubble of the of the World Trade Center, I had which is those who guys. Were. God, but those guys are the ones who got really got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. And and they say a lot of people are going to develop issues, and I've always been concerned if if I because I smoked for years too, and it's like if I have a lung issue twenty years from now, fifteen years from now, whatever, will I ever would I ever know what actually caused it you know it saved a lot of lives um because since we're just here talking strictly about september 11th <laughs> the fucking new york giants played monday night football on september 10th oh shit i was out drinking with a guy who Secret worked at the Tra- trade center Hang and we were, we were at a bar till 1 30 he was late for work and remember they hit the buildings at like 8 40 no i had early a, in the morning it was super super early yeah. i had a boss that i work i work at, at a headhunting firm for a short period of time where were you, uh, were you in new york i was in new york i yeah. lived i grew up here i was here till i was and then i moved back uh in 2005 i moved back but it was the i remember yeah, me I had, too. yeah because it was it was the time came from because i went to school in florida and my whole crew were like let's move to new york and so when we got here i was desperate for a job and i worked for the headhunting agency and there was this guy I think I can say his name. Uh, Will Stavenhagen. I don't know if he's still around. I don't know what he does. This guy was fucking bonkers. He had had lost his mind. And he used to go and scream at us all day, being like, I never want to see you off the fucking phone. Because all day we were just making cold calls to companies. It was an awful job. I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, but I know you're in it, and this sounds like it. It is that. It is that. And so at one point, he was like, okay. There was four of us in the office. He's like, everybody stand the fuck up. We're going to get beers. We're getting beers. It was Friday. It was like five o'clock. And he makes, he tr- marches us down to the financial district. And he sits there. It's like, we're doing fucking shots tonight. So we sit there, me and him. And he's just, we're silently sitting. Cause I don't know what to say to this dude. I'm a 25 year old stoner yeah. wastoid next to this like financial district warrior the, the entire time. And he's all furrow faced and I'm sitting there and we're sitting in silence. And he ch- looks at me. He's like, I lost everybody I ever knew in 9 11. And fucking hits another shot. And I was oh, like, God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is not helping me be a comedian. No. 
this is not helping me. Even though, I mean, technically, in the end, it did because you know you get that rage put inside you. All the rage helps the comedy. Yeah, you seem like a particularly rage-filled. I'll punch myself in the face right now if I have to, just to get myself up, just to get my blood. Oh, up. are you? Would you? Would you do like if you? If, would you be backstage at an improv show? <laughs> Because it's one thing, it's fuck embarrassing. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Just like, yeah, just punching myself <laughs> to the side of the head. Because in uh, Kumail's movie, uh, Kurt Brownoller kind of does like a, an, an amalgamated impression of a bunch of different comics. Like every bad type they've seen, he hits every single one in the movie. And one of them is the guy who gets angry at himself before he goes out on stage. And that's embarrassing in a stand-up capacity. But if you are about to go out and do improv and you're like, give me a suggestion. Fucking figure out I my shit. I don't fucking care what you suggest. Yes, and. What's your yes, favorite and, fucking sir. season? <laughs> <laughs> no dude you know that part is really funny too because and kurt knows the guy that that part is based on yeah that's based off a friend of ours oh, is it a very specific person yes it's okay. a very specific person which i think is like and he nails it kind yeah, of perfectly I, the, I, the the rage-filled stand-up just being like fuck these people like it's such a sad yeah way to get it's yeah yeah I've, I've i haven't seen the before i've seen the after where the guy goes out and, you know, does his thing and the crowd would probably not particularly remember that person in a good or a bad way. And they woke up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. still yeah. got it. God. Yeah. Every day, every day. I'm almost crushing, crushing 24-7. You're like, At least you're into it. I feel like I have the opposite problem because I go to, I feel like I have the, obviously way more of the I'm a fraud complex mm-hmm. than I'm a god complex. So it's like well, I, they're, 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 they're a yin and yang thing, obviously. I think so. Well, because you obviously believe that your words are valuable enough that people will pay to listen to your words, right? You have to believe that in order to step on stage and do the work. But the, the I think there are people I know that they do well career-wise for a period of time because they start to really believe the hype. They start to really believe like... I'm in charge here. I am a puppet master of these audiences. I'm seeing the matrix. Like I, I can understand better. And they kind of either they flame out or they become really, really, really successful. But then I'm on the opposite side where it's most times just sitting there being like, when are they all going to realize that there's no man behind the curtain? When are they going to know? When uh-huh. are they going to know that there's nothing behind these fucking hazel eyes of mine? Well, <laughs> uh, is that a Limp Biscuit song? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think the guy, because I'll I'll give you an example of, I think Jerry Seinfeld is legitimately confident. I don't think it's a facade. I think he is quite confident. I don't know that he gets off stage or really ever did and was like, oh, yeah, you fucking take that. Because that is an insecure person who's fighting that battle with themselves and maybe they feel like they just won that particular, they're, they're fighting that war, they feel like they just won that battle. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I've heard. No, he comes off, I imagine he comes off stage like an iguana, yeah. where he comes off stage being like, well, bit number 4B worked really well, and yeah. bit number 17C didn't really hit the way I wanted it to, I'll have to bump D and A back and forth. D like he's cold. Got, yeah, he like knows though, like, yeah. he's a deep, deep inside scientist of comedy. I've heard so many people say the thing that you just said, and, and really, yeah, I'm sure you have as well, in pretty specifically similar terms that, when are they going to figure out that I'm a fraud? Mm-hmm. How deeply can do you actually really feel? You're not a fucking fraud. Like, that is, that's absurd. But you know, it is- On an the, internal level, do, are you not sure of that? On, um, it seems Because we all feel a little bit that way. It's crazy to me how many people seem to take it to the extreme that I'm guessing you do. You can. I think it's, it's a partially- My drive to get better as a comedian is kind of fueled- like I'm running up the walls of an abyss, right? Where I'm running up the walls of my 
I have an internal voice somewhere deep inside that has made me bedrock sure that I am that I have legitimate holes in my talent, right? Like that I, that knows that that like that is just like couldn't be more sure. Being like you are just about to be homeless, you are just about everything's going to go. Once the money goes, your hot wife's going to leave you. Once all this like you know your hot wife's going to leave you. You're gonna the dog's going to get fucking. She's going to take the dog on the divorce. She's going to take most of the items in the divorce, yeah. and then she's going to leave, and then you're going to be. Still you're going to be living in fucking God knows, like out by the by the freeway, just like, you know, like and that the the impulse then is to sort of run away from this idea that I'm constantly just about to completely, totally self-destruct yeah. and that it ends up accidentally making me better and better because right. I'm working desperately to not fall down to the abyss. The problem is it really is the reading about depression and anxiety. It is about the these thoughts that you have become absolutely bedrock true they are mm-hmm. they are unshakably true and so now yeah. i'm in therapy to kind of say that that's not true i just saw a guy the other day who didn't tell me he was going to make my body release it's natural dmt <laughs> <laughs> oh how was he gonna do suck your dick no it's so easy there's just this little breathing thing that i don't i keep I've said this is the second time I've said on radio that it's really, really easy. I may be selling this guy really, really short, and maybe he made it look easy. But I looked it up online afterwards. I was like, what the fuck did he do? And it's just like you take a couple deep breaths, dude, and all of a sudden you're like, you lose your your grasp of reality in a super bad way. That sounds like a, a mistake. So, no, nah, well, he did it five times. <laughs> <laughs> but then does, how was he afterwards? I, I, I paid him. He's got a really nice house. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like there's, um, I feel like DMT doesn't get released when you write, like in a near-death experience. That's the, you... yeah, it's the, it's the God molecule or the God particle. Right. <laughs> yeah, so you could essentially, you could do autoerotic asphyxiation. Like you, you start choking Man, yourself. Man, if off. that's the way... I don't know what was in it for Michael Hutchins and uh, the samurai guy. Apparently, if this is what they were really chasing that dragon. Yeah, apparently, really makes the cum shoot really, really hard. And I some don't... guys are really into how far it goes. That's just never. Really See, I just don't feel like I have as much to prove as some other people. I don't need. I would like to shoot my cum really far. But... Sure, yeah, but I mean, I'm fine <laughs> with that. If I would again, I'm like, whoa, look at that. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> but I'd have to like, in order for me to make it shoot, because I'm, you know, I'm Polish Scottish, so it kind of like, bleh, like kind of like falls out like my penis is crying. But what I like to do is the idea is you hold your your thumb over the the tip over the hole, uh-huh. and then you let it build and build and build. I guess right. We used to do that with uh, with hoses when we were kids. <laughs> you could just make it pop really hard. I guess. I mean, I I haven't. We you know our year anniversary is coming up, so I'll talk with my wife after that. Yeah, congratulations. I, I don't even know if you were. You must have been engaged last time I saw you. Actually. Maybe we actually had a pretty short engagement period. We did it really fast. We I got remember hearing girlfriend at the time. You guys have an altar in your house. Yes, we have the altar in our house. We have all the stuff that's increased. We now have two, uh-huh. um, which is what you know. What you do? When you, you start? When you get married, you start getting stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. That, so now we have objects in the home. But yes, we have now. Oh yeah, we have two Bigfoot foot imprints now. Like we have two of those now in our living room. The uh, Indian Army I, found. I'm excited about this. The Yeti footprints? Yes. Did you see them? Yeah. Did you look at them? They do, I mean, this is big feet. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's got big feet. My initial reaction was, I am pretty sure this is uh, nuclear power. It might be. <laughs> yes. And they <laughs> think, are, think, and they're putting a lot of money towards this. I think this. both India and Pakistan are, are nuclear powers. Yeah, they've got are, like the bombs pointing at each other, right? Isn't yeah, it? At like, all times, yeah. And yeah. they have skirmishes. They just have like ongoing, it's like how Europeans used to summer. They just by skirmishing with yeah. the neighbor. <laughs> yes. That's, yes, that's how their border. That's how their border works. And I know that Pakistan, I think, is a military dictatorship or is always on the brink of one. And I hate to think that 
I, it, my mind connected all of those dots when I saw that the Indian army had found Yeti princes. I'm like, so are these the kind of people who could overthrow a prime minister? And are they a nuclear power who think they found Yeti? God, that'd be pretty cool if Yeti actually worked his way up to the top of the government and <laughs> became the Ministry of Defense. I do believe that Yeti is supposed to be, if it is true. Which it's not, right. You know. If it were to be, it's supposed to be made. One of the ideas behind Yeti is that it is a spiritual creature, especially over there in the Himalayas. They view it as essentially an enlightened form like it it is it's some sort of interdimensional being it's not necessarily just a primate or the missing link it's this thing that shows up that's supposed to teach love and understanding so maybe this is like what yeti need. doing like the rambo walk where he's walking from town to town being like i will teach them to to, to put down their nuclear arms <laughs> and then maybe he could get across and then you know they obviously don't want to take too likely to get rid of their nuclear arms and then it's yeti versus the pakistan special forces it's a tough fight that's be a cool movie yeah 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 hey you mentioned uh uh pulling yourself out of an abyss yes earlier and that dovetails nicely into what i wanted to talk to you about you were sent here by the adult swim people they send me because... to win and i and i respond i do some things i've i've committed atrocities all across this world <laughs> in the name of adult swim <laughs> in the name of cartoon network and, and <laughs> by extension ted turner um so you're pretty face going to hell season four well, let me talk to you about that real quick uh, what's your favorite part from season four? That we got our. I legitimately think this is the best season that we've done. We've really um, matured in our immaturity. Yeah. I, I think it has gotten our childishness has, has gotten very sharp. I think that this time, the my favorite shit. There's a cult episode that is pretty gnarly, and it's got a lot to do with feet. There's a lot of feet worship and feet love in it that was pretty nat. It was weird on set, but it was fun. And it was done by a guy, the guy who played the cult leader, a guy named, by the name of Laird, who is a groundling in L.A. He's fucking hilarious. He's so funny. John Amos shows up at some point? John Amos does show up. And I actually received one of my best comments, one of my best compliments slash insults at me, where he was sitting around and we were doing, we were doing scenes because he's old. I mean, but I've he's, heard him on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. He's great. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's got good stories. He's curmudgeonly, but at one point he turns to me. He's like, "You know what your problem is? That's what it is. You remind me of Jimmy." And I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Jimmy Walker." Yeah, he is. He's talking about. He's just like, "You remind me, of Jimmy. You're just a damn clown." You're a clown. And I was just like, thank you. Like, I had to be like, yeah, good, good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He must have hated. Yeah. I mean, you really think about the dynamic of Good Times, mm -hmm. which was, I'm thinking, I'm assuming they're all like stage actors. Yeah, they were. They Very doing... serious. Very serious actors. Pretty much straight up drama. Yep. And, 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 and you know, uh, progressive and, and all of that. And this is really an important step for network television, seeing the trials and tribulations of a lower class uh african american family on a weekly basis and then dynamite gets added at the 11th hour the proto urkel like, like the original urkel like he comes in like that guy which i understand it is difficult like you can't you can't be upset being compared to jimmy walker but then you look at him now and you're just like oh man because he's like he's road dogging it hard yeah. He's like a full-on road comic now, which has got to be hard when you get to that oh my God. age. It's yeah. like he's on, the, he's on the road. Like he's Richard doing 200 Lewis, dates a year. Yeah, Richard Lewis put it really well one time, and it makes sense that – actually, no, it's Adam Carolla because he made his movie about the comic who who's on the way back down, that when you, when you 
graduate from the comedy clubs and you go to the theaters and what have you when you come back to them? I can't. It's so it'd be so difficult. Yeah. I would. I feel like that would be as an entertainer and as a the step back. You have to figure out how to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Like you have to figure out a way to like if you're going to take this as demeaning or can you take this as being like, well, I got to make money for my family or can you shift artistically to something else or do we just start teaching? Stand-up comedy. Like, you just do that shit, where all of a sudden, it's you're teaching stand-up. You, you move to Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and um, you, you, you start a comedy institute. Yeah, I, I, you know, you go, and you know, but you make a paradise within your own mind. I had trouble making a paradise for myself in Albuquerque. <laughs> Al- with all due respect to Albuquerqueans, that is what shattered my illusion. Because I would have told you I could be a road comic, because I would say, there's one good restaurant in every city. Yeah. There's something to see in every city. I can, I'm a city person, and I'm living in LA. It's not really a city. I love going to a place that has a city center, which Albuquerque arguably does. But I'm the same way. I'm, I'm a one... boots-on-the-ground guy. I show yeah. up when we're on tour. I'm a pedestrian. I love it. Yeah. I love walking the whole city. I always think, like, well, there's got to be something here. I walk from one side to the other, Henry. <sighs> God, that's I saw sad. where it stopped. It's like it's like a Vegas thing where when it stops, it's just like, well, I guess I turn around now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like at a mountain, just being like, wow, this is literally where the city stops. Okay, well, yeah, back yeah, to yeah. go seeing where that Chipotle is. Get some of the autentico Chipotle here in a, Albuquerque. It's got a vibe. Yeah, it's like if they blew Ventura up into like the oh, the twentieth biggest city in America. All right, so the Albuquerque is the bad move. Yeah, I just you go to like an adjacent to like Nashville. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you go. I go to Cleveland. I'm sure there's plenty of great towns. There's some. There's some things decent in Cleveland. weather. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's Ohio. I'll take your word for it. I guess. Yeah, but, or North Carolina. That's where the people are going nowadays. That's where you got to go. Right. That's where you can buy some land. Mm-hmm. 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 Finally mm-hmm. settle down. Make yeah. a golf course. Hey, here's what I wanted to talk to you about. I thought this is this would be funny because you're on a TV show about uh, hell. Mm-hmm. So I I blurbed a book. It's really? A, yeah. I was. I'm really proud of that. And it's actually a pretty cool book. Um, so you blurbed a book. I had not. I perused it this morning. So, but you just you went through it. I was asked to blurb it. So, but you did you read it before blurbing it? I got the idea. Okay. Yeah. It's called, it's a cool book though, because I would have blurred fucking anything. It's actually like way cooler to blurb a complete piece of shit. Yeah. You know, it's called Hell and Damnation, A Sinner's Guide to Eternal Torment. Is it serious or is it satire? No, it's this guy actually, his name is Mark de, Mark de Villiers. And hmm. he went through and was like, what are different cultures talking about specifically when they talk about hell? Cool. Which is fun. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that you and I could just take a look at some of the various conceptions humankind has had throughout the ages and across the continents in regard to uh, eternal damnation. That sounds good to me. Okay. Yeah. So do you know what's interesting? Uh, it seems like Christianity is one of the few where we don't have a middle ground. Most of them have a heaven and, oh, here's another thing. Because we have purgatory, but purgatory is like, it really doesn't mean any. The whole thing is that it's a transitory period. You're supposed to be working towards one end or the other. Yeah, that's Unless right. you're an unbaptized baby. It's like a rest area. Yeah. Right. You're supposed to you're supposed to get out of there eventually. It's not a destination. Lots and lots of other cultures seem to recognize that the vast majority of people are very, very boring and would probably be happy to just continue being boring forever. Yeah. I mean, that's how, I mean, that, that's the truth. If there's a way to transmute your personality to just kind of walking around like I could deal with that I can go in there I mean like you know I'll look into people's bathrooms while they're taking a shit I'll go walk around like do that kind of stuff see the secrets of the government like my walk like walk as Are we a talking ghost about the middle the Pentagon. ground or, or, or heaven now this I think that might be my heaven yeah <laughs> right yes yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, cause whatever you, all the about... bathrooms are available 
what is that? When people say, do you want to fly, would you, what would you choose, fly or, or be invisible? Well, being invisible means you're a pervert. Right. If you say that out loud, that I want to be no, invisible. No, dude, I just want to know what's really going on in the in the power powerful. And we're like, no, um, and you're there. trying to walk into people's bedrooms <laughs> yeah. while they're getting close. You're, you're, like, no. you're just trying to be an 80s movie. No. Like, where's the first, like, like you pretty much have a choice between, <laughs> like, you are equidistant right now from the, the Oval Office and the ladies' uh, locker room at at twenty four hour fitness. But let me just <laughs> let me just check out the locker room. Just peek in there. Then I'll go see what's going on behind. But I'm not doors. really like that though. But then I I'll go, never then I'll that. go expose the deep state. <laughs> <laughs> because there's time to expose the deep state after yeah. I've already jerked off. Because yeah. when it comes down to it, am I not going to be able to be? I can't clearly yeah bust open the secrets. I'm going to be uh, real busy later. I guess we'll just bang this out. Get this done right now yeah. because it takes me three minutes to masturbate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. If that. Right, 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 right. Uh, another thing that I find interesting, nobody really has a good idea of what heaven is because everyone just agrees it's very pleasant. But the challenge is trying to figure out what an eternal reward would be that involves no sin. Yeah, because in the end, it's like, what do I like? What do I like? What do I like? I like, um, I guess it's like if you're married, if I'm married, mm-hmm. making love to my wife is no longer a sin. Like that, that is no, no longer not. a sin. Unless but, you do it right. Yes. Yeah. If you are, <laughs> if you make it count. But then, um, but the, I guess it is the sins of Onan. It's the sons of Sone. Like you can't masturbate mm-hmm. because you can't spill your seed. Right. Um, Even you though you can't get people pregnant in heaven. I mean, that would be, man, no condoms. That would be sweet. Um, heaven, baby. The ultimate loophole. The ultimate. I mean, we're Fucking in heaven. Come on. on. Talk about born on third base. Who knows how long we'll be here? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I don't know what would not involve something super naughty. You can't even eat, even if there's food that you like. It is. I was looking at the rungs of hell in Christianity, which changed throughout the ages and across different thinkers and stuff like that. But like one of the worst ones was people who literally just overindulge. So you could even have the food that you like, but it would become sinful to eat too much of it. So I'm living in Los Angeles again in heaven. I don't need that. L.A., you know, heaven is Los Angeles cleaner uh, on uh, like Thanksgiving week. When people clear out, and that's no the traffic. best part. Yeah, exactly. That's when it's empty, fucking. That's the best anybody's <laughs> got, really got for heaven, and and I, and I and I hope you like harps. Hell, obviously, the descriptions of that get a lot more interesting. <clears throat> Going sort of chronologically through recorded human history, Egyptians did not have a real concept of an eternal hell. They just thought that if you were bad, you got burned in oil, like you got deep fried mm. punishment. Mm. Did your time go on to? See, I think go, that's go, fair. go to Thanksgiving, Los Angeles. That's very fair. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. But well, also, it depends yeah. on it's like you know, because the United States of America, we are not reform minded. You know what I mean? We really love our punishment. Like mm. we like to put people together forever. But it's the idea of being like, wouldn't it be nice if hell, if that was real, actually served a purpose where you go, oh. you are cleansed of the things you did bad. You learn your lesson. So you because- want one of these like community college prisons? <laughs> hell, yes. And then you just get you cycle back out through, and you're given a job at a Waffle House. I'm an electrician now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get the you get the on the job training. Uh, the Hebrews had chill. I'm just going to mispronounce absolutely everything, which will not be uh, offensive, I don't think, to like no the Greeks way. and Zoroastrians who might be listening right now. Some other people might take offense. I apologize. Do you have a big Zoroastrian like group that listen? Uh, it is getting bigger. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out. Hidden, you get to tap that market. Shout out to Zarathustra, <laughs> a.k.a. little known fact. Yeah, uh, the Zarathustra of Nietzsche fame. 
is Zoroaster. It's just the same same word. No shit. Yeah, well, you know, you learn something when you're uh, the the number seven podcast in Belgium among Zoroastrians. This is incredible. What an incredible moment. <laughs> We're on fire. Uh, yeah, so Hebrews Sheol is how I'm going to say that. Just darkness and eternal silence. You just get locked in a closet for forever. Honestly, it sounds kind of nice. Right. I mean, sometimes you just, all I want is silence. I think about silence. I fantasize about silence all the time because I'm also a person that has a hard time being silent. Do you? Well, cause not, I, up, I would assume that you'd be an on-off person. I um I shut off hard, yeah. but I also can just but, uh, but but during the day I'm I end up monologuing alone. Do you just yelling at the house? I appreciate your restraint that you have not turned that into a podcast. I I I know that you I'm have a podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. I already put out six hours of content a week. The do you? Oh, yeah, because we have our two podcasts. Mm-hmm. We do Side Stories, the last podcast, and then we do a live stream for Adult Swim. Right. And then if we're on the road, that's an extra 12 hours uh-huh. a week. So then it would be 18 hours of speaking yeah, a that's, week. That's a lot. Yeah, I do. I guess I do 16. Yeah, it's it's intense. Right. But it does get to a point where being like, what am I even saying anymore? I wonder what I'm saying. I definitely think that. It, for some weird reason, everybody's supposed to be so goddamn busy nowadays, but there's so much media and yet people keep consuming lots and lots of it. Like, yes. Yeah. To me, uh, it, it, quantity is sort of overtaken quality and it's not so much can I keep talking, it's can I keep preparing what I was going to do and think about it ahead of time to the extent that it's worth anybody listening to. That's what we but are. But everyone else just seems to think that. Watching, just talking watching, and yapping watching someone's and yapping. face on on Instagram live is like I, I mean I have so many movies I want to watch that I've been trying to watch the original King Kong for like three weeks dude <laughs> I don't have time to watch some dickhead talk about what they did to their eyebrows on Facebook live I'm the same exact way where it's being yeah. like I have too many books I want to read yeah. I have too many like even just straight up I'd rather play a video game than listen oh, to somebody God, yeah. speak something like but I in in my head I think that's really that's the key right is the prep time is it for each episode just like you know like for last podcast it's 40 hours hours a week just minimum of prep time mixed with everything else is it really oh yeah no we're full on that's why we had to add an extra side stories and with side stories we talk about kind of true crime of the week and little stories but it takes like that's four or five hours of prep just to speak yeah 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 yeah. i I finally read a chapter of a book that i blurbed for this (laughs) it takes time it It takes takes time time. uh the greeks had tartarus because everybody knows about hades but the real bad shit was happening in tartarus um, flames in a pit with little sparks of human souls licking out of them. Basically, uh, remember those old blacklight Iron Maiden posters? Fuck yeah. Tartarus. That's fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Dio lives there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're wondering from whence Eddie came. Yeah, you're, that's... You're, you're thinking Tartarus. Tartarus. No, my, <laughs> yeah. my, my question is, is that I wonder what you'd have to do within Greek society to be so... I'd be, I guess probably... Be a traitor to the army. I imagine that that was a big one, or being something that because they did, they already were sucking on the little boys. But that was before little boys. That it seemed to be, it was pretty widespread. It was like they were just not viewed as children. Were not viewed, yeah, as people. Right, they're just tiny little sexy adults. (laughs) Little sexy adults. Like look how little hair they had. That's wonderful. I always wonder if, yeah, isn't it amazing how something can be. Like, just given enough time, black can become white, up can become down, and people will literally die for a cause that is 100% contrary to what their own society or culture thought 40 years ago. We just shows, we are not learning this lesson, though. 
Like oh that's a God, part. No. That's a part of what we're in the middle of no, right now. Any illusion that we had learned anything has been shattered. <laughs> it really has been shattered. Yeah. But I actually had a good. Co- when people are mad about what's happening in the country right now with the president and all and all that bullshit, it's like when we we were just in Italy and the way they talk about it, like Trump came up and everyone was just like, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, we're sorry, and and the Italians were like, we were run by the fascists, we were run by the communists. They come and they go, and you said you know, they'd be like, oh, that's true. Like this whole thing will end. Of course, it will. ten years from now. All of the criminals involved in this thing are going to be in a graveyard, and we can do whatever it is that we want. Like, all of this time will pass. Yeah, well, and Italian politics in particular doesn't have anything to be all that proud of no. in and of itself. It's not no. It's not that we are the worst. It's just that we all the countries that you used to read The Economist and laugh at, we're just we're one of them now and arguably leading the charge. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Zoroaster now, a.k.a. Zarathustra, that was the invention of the term hell, the invention of eternal torment before you just did your time and you got out um that is the invention of burning not in fire but in molten metal cool again yeah very dio super metal yeah and uh smells bad there great good devils devils and demons and this is a very specific thing that uh zoroaster came up with on earth when you fear stuff you know it's like the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah. By the time you actually get it, it's never quite as bad as, as what you feared. Yeah. In hell, it's totally worse than what you fear. Whoa, so this guy's like Mysterio? Yeah. That, that's what he's trying to do? He's, he's turning all of this into an amusement park of your worst fears? That's Yeah, it sounds terrible. Right. That's a good way to keep people on the line, though. That's, make, sure pe- make sure people uh, listen to whatever uh, codes were handed down. And that ties into what you're saying about the Greeks, where it went from... You had a sort of a moral society when there isn't a God at the top of your society who loves you and has expectations for you when it's just like, hey, man, it's every man for himself down here. Then it's like, yeah, don't fuck over your neighbor. Don't fuck over the city. And we're all good here. This yeah, is the real is, rules. This Those is are the... Western society getting into this sense of personal responsibility and guilt and shame. And you've made your father very unhappy with what you did or the herd rules right where it's like us as human beings can kind of check each other i believe that i don't mm-hmm. think that we necessarily need an invisible man in the sky to tell us being like do i really need yeah god to tell me do not rape sometimes no no never i don't ever need that i just need to, i because i know i right. would not want to for that to happen to any member of my family so you just take that feeling and you kind of just expand it oh you think you're better than me you don't need the invisible guy to tell you not to rape people <laughs> uh valhalla obviously the vikings kicking ass the which dead, is fucking dead all vikings, sutra all they is just party with odin that's, that's literally what happens in valhalla there's one i think for treacherous vikings that's a little bit worse but i think you can do your time in there and just go party with odin again um more interesting Interesting to me was the crazy specifics of what you get into with um, the Hindu and Buddhist hells. Oh my God! Yeah, it's like a page of, of a, facts. A very specific. Wait till we get to this. So, uh, Naraka is one of t- between twenty-eight and eighty distinct Hindu hells. Um, I think this one. I don't know. There's one that was specifically you went to for urinating in front of a cow. Wow. You yeah. can just throw pissing in front of a cow? And you know what I find funny about that, though, is we can all laugh about that, but, you know, cows are sacred, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Would it be so crazy if I told you that in Dante's Inferno there was a bit where, you know, taking a shit on an altar 
I mean, is a special place. I could see. You'd be like, well, of course. I mean, who the fuck would do that? I guess so. But Hannibal Lecter wouldn't take a shit. It's just a table. (laughs) It just makes you a German film star. You can shit on the table. I think it's also called the Pittsburgh platter when you lay underneath a glass table. (laughs) Uh, The Danny Thomas thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People shit on top of your face. I understand. But that's not a sin if everybody signed the paperwork to agree to do it. Cows cannot consent. Wow. Mm. They can't. There's a lot in the Hindu hells. There's lots of feces, intestines, anal passages, and sharp-beaked birds ripping them all apart. There is a there is a person for each one of those that got hard. Just thinking about it. Good news. After millions of years, you get to be a person again. And here's why I call bullshit on heaven. Can you imagine enduring millions of years of sharp-beaked birds ripping apart your anal passages, and then? going back and not being an absolute model human being. Do you believe that you could be as close to perfect as, as, as like, essentially perfect, 99.44 ivory soap perfect, if you had just, for 80 years, if you had just endured 70 million years of sharp beak birds ripping your hands <laughs> I, I think I could do that. I think maybe I could do it. I also think that I sort of do believe in the concept of no one actually gets better from punishment. I think that when you look at our prison system soon, the That's more I've read about it right. being like people actually, for the most part, yes, people obviously do change their lives, but if you go in there young and you're deeply institutionalized, you come out trained to be a criminal. So I feel like in some way my own antagonistic personality is that if I had my asshole uh, eaten out by a toucan for generations, and then I came back to being a human being, and I had any inkling that that had actually happened to me, if I remember to me, I think I, I think that I would become extremely bitter, and I'd be like, I'm going to burn the... If I already get got through it once, so yeah. now I know it's coming. So now I'm just going to burn the world down, and then make you now do it all to me again. Like, do it again. Maybe next time will be good. I don't know. You but really right, think you would thank you, sir? May I have another... I think I'd freak out. A hundred million years of... A hundred after a hundred million Anus years, tearing. I don't know. Yeah, because if you can hard, go hard back to really around, speculate what that would do to a man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, you know what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting though. I, I've never really thought about it in these exact terms. I know we say that you know, do people do, do people? Does anybody get rehabilitated in prison and all that? Like, I think some people do come out of prison changed for the better. But I wonder how many people that happened in spite of prison like what percentage of people come out of prison and are better reformed people because of prison i'd I'd hope i'd have to think that that's a a pretty small percentage it is i think it is a small percentage and it's got nothing to do it's it's just got to do with this concept of punishment Mm -hmm. being in and of itself where it seems to be actually if you would provide them the actual tools it would take yeah. to leave these establishments and go back to private life and be able to contribute where unless I mean, unless if you're in there for forever, I feel like there are certain people like, you know, like BTK, as far as I'm concerned, they should be giving him AIDS and There's trying to band, fucking right? yeah. <laughs> from Korea. It's one of those new ones where they all like dance a sequence. Yeah, and I, mean, they have I feel like we hair. did this in the 80s, but kids just love it all over it, again. It does not get old. My sister's getting married and had to move the hotel everybody is staying at because a Korean boy band is playing down They're the road. They're crazy. My niece loves it. Yeah. My niece loves this I think shit. it's bigger than NKOTB was. They are because it's also- Bigger it's, than Backstreet Boys. It's and, truly international where right. it was huge over there first so then we just are just eating it up. My niece loves it. She's sitting there. She's becoming a full weeaboo. Oh. 
Yeah, she's like got the body pillows. She goes sit there or she oh, does oh, like you, the you Facebook s- fo- videos Wait, they of let herself. they let little girls hump them? Well, I don't think she I don't know. Oh god, I know. Oh, my niece. Okay, I'm sorry. We're talking about your oh, niece. God, but what are you doing with a full body? What what is anybody doing with a full body pillow? I actually, you know what? Now I know. What is anybody doing with a full body They're pillow? Having sex with them. That is They're having sex with them. Oh god, my niece. He's not even she I mean, Lou Pearlman sad. was a brazen criminal and not even he thought of letting people <laughs> Like little girls sleep hump J.C. Chazé. If he could have gotten money off of it, <laughs> yeah, he would have thought about it. Right. He just didn't get to it. No, he right. wanted one for himself. Y- yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And he made a couple of his little body pillows. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of uh, distinct forms of hell, Buddhism had more than their fair share, Henry. Uh, they had, this is interesting, everybody has hot hell. Yeah. Everybody has hot hell. And everybody has downhill. No, isn't isn't that kind of interesting? Isn't nobody cold thought hell? The, yeah, isn't that the isn't that technically from the uh, what's its putts? It's from the the big book. It's from the uh, Lord of the Rings. Not Lord of the Rings. Bart, the cold let's hell. Familiar quotations. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's from the um, it's from the 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 poem. It's from the friggin' um, the big one about hell. What's my brain? Dante? Yes. Uh, or Dante's, Infino, Dante's Inferno. Dante's right. Inferno. So the, it has a cold hell. That's supposed to be the ones that, because it's supposed to be absent from God's light, right? The idea is that you're uh-huh. supposed to go through, it's supposed to be a frozen world where, but it's interesting. I don't know why about hot. People don't like hot. Well, cold sounds pretty bad too. Because I'd, I'd much rather, a cold, a cold hell scares, would be awful. I'd much rather odd hell. They have, uh, Buddhism has um, the hell of chattering teeth and the hell of a shivering tongue, the hell of a shuddering mouth, the hell of, and this is a cold hell, blue lotus-colored patches on the skin, and also the hell of crimson lotus-colored patches on the skin, and the hell of great crimson lotus-colored patches on the skin. So many specific cold hells on top of all the hot ones. Now, they must probably have a very specific set of sins you have to do to get each one of these, right? Exactly, exactly. So people just make a list. But you like cycle your way through it. Right, where you. I don't know about of... that. I don't know about that. I think if you did the thing that gets you the the great crimson lotus colored patches, I think you just do your time in there. Not clear to me if this is one of them. Oh yeah, eventually you can get out of this and get to Nirvana. Wow. Yeah. So you just got to learn your lesson for the thing that you did. Some of the other choice ones that uh, they had. I think these are the hot hells, uh, the hell of um, squeezing mountains, the hell of iron. <laughs> I want to be in that, that one. Bad, uh, <laughs> the hell of iron clothing. The, cool. Yeah, thousand blades, plowing tongues, plowing fire, eye pecking, quarreling, iron axe, the hell of much hatred, which I thought was sort of a blanket term that encapsulates all of these, sawing teeth, fire eagles, flaying skin, That's burning, awesome. burning hands. Each one of these is an album. Each one of these you could just go through and you just write the album that is the soundtrack to each one of these hells. Yeah, I think that was pretty much uh, after Danzig put a shirt on. That's... <laughs> No, I'm writing poetry. <laughs> he came in. We were at Rainbow Grill uh, not too long ago, and that's like me and my wife's favorite spot in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I mm-hmm. love that spot. Hell yeah. And he came in, and I, he went to go sit in the back. Like, you know, he has some people like scurried out of a table while Danzig sat with his, his coterie. Mm-hmm. And I was like get my, trying to get my wife to go up being like, go say hi to Danzig. She's like, I don't want to say hi to Danzig. You, you do it. I was like, he's not going to talk to me. He talks to you. You're a hot woman. Yeah. Hot woman goes makes introductions and then slowly but surely, fat, tiny, redhead man works his way around. Danzig's seen it a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what the drill is. <laughs> he at least gets to say hello to a hot woman first. He doesn't right. he, he doesn't even care. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Right. 
His she, nurse doesn't let him do too much. I don't know what what he does. She so she didn't do it. No, of course not. I no. spotted him. He's uh he's really into Japanese food, and I'll I'll give him some credit for this. I've seen Danzig and a lady friend at a Japanese grocery store. Literally, one or both of them. They're both bent over. I think one of them. They may have both been on their hands and knees, like literally looking at the specific condiment that they wanted to buy. That's incredible. So he's like a stickler for the detail of the. He knows his shit. I took a picture of him over by the, the refrigerator <laughs> section, and then shortly thereafter, also saw him at a uh, a Japanese restaurant in the same Japanese area. And then I'm so bad, I don't want to turn the flash off on my phone. Oh to, God! Oh no! And you got he saw it. I tried to. Yeah, I actually have a picture of him turning around like. Who who's who dares How awaken? Dare you? Who dares awaken? Danzig. It is me, the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. I tried to take a picture of my wife. And I fucking it was so blatant. What I, was I did the same thing at a strip club. Uh, there's a strip bar in uh, Gowanus in Brooklyn, and I yes. had a friend that we didn't know there was going to be dancers, and he would never go to a place like that. So I'm like, ah, I'm gonna take a picture of him and send it to his wife. You know? And yeah, exactly. That's when the flash went off. Oh my Man, god! I'd be like, fuck. They all can that. see. Oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Burmese Buddhists had uh, specific hells for sin, such as selling chickens and. Uh, me eating sweets with rice. He, mm. it was Chinese Buddhism uh, had that's where the Wheel of Fortune comes from. What? Yeah, they had a hell that was Wheel of Fortune. So Pat Sajak is is the if devil. You think about it. Pat Sajak he is just is... he's just been standing there. We don't know where him and Vanna go. Like they literally no. do not have public lives. Well, other than he was like a Republican troll on Twitter yeah, for a page, while. Pat Sajak kind of got like a weird. I don't know how he developed these opinions. I think he should just. He's fine. It was like you're fine, Pat Sajak. Well, you don't have to be mad. He's sort of a man of the people. He meets three of them <laughs> several times a week. Heavily, like <laughs> heavily, like vetted people. Yeah. He meets every single time. Vanna White just. I mean, That's that's Ajax America. That's yeah. He sees these people that come from various colleges around right. the country. I could literally imagine a hell. I can imagine on your TV show where they just it's a it's a thousand years from now and they're just completely decrepit and she's still turning the letters and when you spin the wheel you just find out which hell you get to go to. I wonder how much money they make a year. Um, I've looked that up. I've looked that up because I know I, 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 a lot. Yeah, and, right. And they work and they work very very few hours. God, it's the dream. The most enviable jobs. Even Pat has to cuz I always think about this is bad. Like you know something about yourself when you know that you want to be invisible. <laughs> you also know something about your uh your drinking and stuff when what I immediately think is as easy as Pat's job is if you're really hungover, you, I'm I'm sorry. I don't care what a pro you are. Now I know you have your theories about some other game show hosts. I could not People would go, "What's up with that guy?" It would be difficult. <laughs> be really, Vanna, you can't. She can't be hungover. Probably. I don't. They see, don't. Do they, they haven't put a camera within thirty feet of her since the nineties. I guess that's true. She She's actually looks long, pretty good. She does, she does. She does. She does. She does. She does. No, but I mean, I don't know. It depends on. And then I have a couple of guys, mm-hmm. like friends of mine, that are just like that. They can just get fucking shit housed. Yeah. And get up and work three hours day, uh, three hours later. Pat Sajak looks like they hit him with the clown makeup. He's got a, an injure makeup on. No, you're right. And he just kind of like he might be skinless. You're right. But also, he might not be hungover. He might never get hungover. If you know what I mean. See, I don't want that life. I want to. I want to. To me, a perfect job is like almost no time spent there and insane amounts of money, and that I can. Pull it off if need be. This if is I'm hung- like this job. If I'm being totally honest, I hate it. I never do it. I've gotten way better over the years. But like, if 
for some weird reason, a friend is in town. Can I fucking drink a, a you know a cold brew and put it together for three hours? I can do that. Nobody can see me. It's still not ideal. No, of course not. But yeah. you, it's a struggle because a part of it's being like, I'll do this every once in a while. Well, I know I have like a big recording day or like yeah. all this kind of stuff, and we'll be out and be like, Henry. You're an entertainer. You gotta just no. you gotta and, entertain and, and, yourself first. And you're a fraud, so <laughs> so who you need all the help. Shit. You need all the help you can get. <laughs> uh, let's see, real quick. Oh, the Chinese Buddhist hell has lots of waiting rooms. It sounds like the last scene in Beetlejuice. Uh, Christianity, interesting. Jesus barely, arguably, never mentioned hell. That's a very interesting. I was just reading a book. Uh, I actually just finally read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, and he. What talks, am I doing? I don't even know what that is. This is it's just a, it, one of those big cyberpunk books that helped in, basically invent. I'm still the working concept. through the steampunk classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That steampunk actually happened after cyberpunk, so they had I to go know. all the way back to steam after being like, "We just got VR helmets." I know, but I want a mustache. He's like, "What? You can have one. Just put it on your avatar." <laughs> but the whole book is about fucking. Uh, but Jesus. Jesus Christ is got like nothing to do with any of that stuff. He was just kind of a groovy guy that was trying to, if he was even real, which I don't believe that he was real, but if he was a real human being, yeah. I think that he uh, was just a guy that was like, hey, we don't need priests, essentially. We don't need rabbis. We can just have God. We can just have a one-on-one yeah. relationship with God, and we don't need all of the hierarchies. So then they got really upset about that. There's, and then he became his his words became a cult afterwards, which then turned into yeah. one of the biggest tenets of religion in the world. There's I don't see how anybody could possibly argue that his message was co-opted by people that he would not totally agree. With, even if you're a devoutly faithful Christian, I, I just am. love to see him grab Mike Pence by the side of the head and just fucking bounce his head off a table. Like because you know he he would be like, "You're the exact opposite of what we're talking about." I here. knew Jesus to clear some tables off to do that. Like the you do your whole arm across that just. <laughs> I don't know about physical violence. He, Jesus spoke um, like the Bengals. He spoke very vaguely of an eternal flame. <laughs> but that was just about him him wishing he could have a wife. Uh, Islam infidels suffer torment in the grave until they take their place in hell where they dine on bitter fruit and pus and cool. they are roasted and boiled alive. The Dante era Christianity is actually all the shit that we know about or think we know about hell if you're from the Christian tradition or really just the Western tradition at this point is all shit that started coming along like 700 years after Jesus. Yeah, because we had to, we retconned. We yes. went through the whole yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, we fucking J.K. Rowling'd hell. <laughs> yeah, we did all of that. We added all of these side stories so we can keep people in line no. because it's very difficult to just start. You, you've got to really build that programming deep early of this idea of being like, I know what's going to happen because I'm the only one who can read. You see, oh, I have this big book here that only I can read. Look at this. It's a book. It, it says these, about. It's a lot of words. Yeah, you don't know what words are, do you? <laughs> That's funny because I do. I grew up Catholic, Same right? Here, yeah. I was a full altar boy. wanted to be a priest. I did the whole thing and then i just at some point i was just like but i want to touch boobies Mm. and i my horniness saved me kind of like gypsy rose from the act gypsy blanchard that she was with her mom where she basically was treated and kept as a little girl and they said that she they put a feeding stint into her it was kind of like uh uh moonchausen via proxy 
disorder where the mom was essentially making her daughter sick and sick and sicker and sicker and shaved her head and made her act like she was uh, a little bit uh, mentally slow. And they said that she had all these kidney problems and they got all these like make a wish. Oh, is that stuff. TV show that's out now? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Where they the somehow yeah. make Patricia Arquette unattractive. They just like that's one of those Hollywood things where they just have to add foam to her so she doesn't look like she can look like a normal person. She's ugly. Pat Sajak's a human. <laughs> yes. All of that shit. Miracle workers. But the her horniness saved her. She literally just wanted a boyfriend and that's what got her out of the house. She like oh. she her womanly parts became activated and her fingers found Facebook and found her a boyfriend that would be willing to kill her mom for her. Hell yeah. Yeah dog. All right. We got to wrap this up. Right. Um, thanks for coming by again. This is wonderful. Last podcast on the left. You are at Henry Loves You. Wait, let me see if I can hit a button here. New studio. I don't know what the. Ah, listen to that. And Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell returns this weekend. Back to back episodes airing every Friday on Adult Swim. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Every day. <laughs> <laughs>